looking like maybe there's some limiting beliefs in there um which is just an something that we think is an absolute truth and it can stop us from doing things or you know cause us to do things that we don't necessarily want to do or we don't understand why we're doing them a groschel a pastor one of his quotes that i have really enjoyed throughout the years um, and encourage my clients with is our, our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. How do we as 21st century Christian women, how do we actually rely on God? What does that look like? It comes through his word, um, through the phrase I'll use is meditating on his word, because that's, that's a biblical phrase. And I think what it means is we don't just read it, but think about it, spend time thinking about it, put aside time think well I'm going to think about this truth and also not just putting aside time but at the moments when fears attack you so for me often it's it's first thing when I wake, wake up in the morning or I might wake up in the middle of the night and I just get worried about everything and that's the moment where I have to say no I am going to put my mind to thinking about God not about the things I'm worried about and so I will deliberately think God is good. What does that mean? What is his goodness? How has he shown his goodness? Mm. I think he came to earth as Christ and died for us. He's proved that he is good. Uh, or things like that. And that's why I talk about the Psalms as well. There's so many examples there and, and verses from the Psalms. When you memorize them and you can go over them in your head and you, you, know, you can remember things like um, David saying, I will not fear. I think, well, how could he say that? What did he mean by that? Why didn't he feel? Well, it was because of his relationship with God. So it really is through scripture. Um, and that's why, uh, I mean, I, I need to do better in this, but memorizing scripture is so valuable so that it's there in your head so you can think about it at the, those moments when, you know, you feel very dark. You can be the most brilliant person in the world, but if you're only looking at, the physical materialistic approach mm. to provide a solution. Well, well, where is God in that? Mm. God is not in the equation. I'm not saying I don't believe in medicine. That's not, I'm not saying that. I do believe in medicine. I do believe in surgery. <laughs> I do believe in blood transfusions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I do. But if, if that's all you're focused on, to me, that's a huge miss, a huge miss. Because first of all, I believe God does perform miracles still today. And he's performing miracles all the time. I'm, I'm convinced that we never see <laughs> or think about. We just don't see them. He's just so infinitely merciful and compassionate. I, I don't believe in medicine or the scientific approach um, apart from God also being part of the approach. You have food in the cupboard, you have a car to drive, a little money in the bank. You're richer than 95% of the people in the world. Yeah, I know. not just you. I mean, we are, I know. right? We don't, I know. You know, we don't even realize, but just even having those simple commodities. I mean, I know, you know, when I've, you know, been privileged to bring missionaries here and they walk into a grocery store, like, oh my gosh, or Walmart yeah. or whatever, you know, it's like, man, like, it's like heaven on earth. They've never, 
you know, seeing like all this bounty, right? Yeah. You know, into a you know fast food restaurant that has a buffet and it's like, oh my gosh, so much food. And I, and yeah, you know, it's just again different perspective. And and God puts us where we are. I mean, we don't have to, you know, I don't feel like that we need to, you know, feel sorry about that or you know, regret that in any way. But I do think that he loves a grateful heart. You know, I think that we do, you know, we can practice being grateful. And again, that's something I try to start the day off, you know, just thanking the Lord, just like you did in your prayer. You know, thank you, Lord, for this day. This is a day that you've made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. You know, and it's so important. And I, I think I really do think again, out of joy comes gratefulness and it kind of goes hand in hand. To have patience with yourself, to love yourself, because I think part of the reason we get into the cycle is we don't love ourselves enough. And so we're not respecting our bodies. We don't, Mm. we don't respect ourselves. And so, you know, find ways to love yourself more. And God's not disappointed in you. He already Mm. knew you're going to do this a hundred times, 200 times. And he loves you so much. He's still chasing you. That's why you feel so bad about it but just keep trying because one day it's gonna stick and keep stay close to god Mm. try new things stop doing the same thing that you're always doing that's not working bring your own salad dressing to restaurants if you have to to keep on track or or um whatever you know things like that tricks just try different things and then one day and just keep praying that god will heal you in that area he says his word in Hebrews, I believe it's 412, is living, living and, and active, active and sharper than any two-edged sword. I like that old King James expression, what we call a broadsword, that mm. great big sword that the, the knights would slash, slash with. Well, God goes slash to your habits, and he goes slash to your anger, and he goes slash to the way you treat your wife, and he says kindness, and he says love, and he cuts and puts it in so it becomes in you he lives in you and the well, on the on the spine of the readable bible it says living, living word. word it's a it, the word of god is living and active and it comes into you we like to think sometimes that our surrender is one and done but it's just not true like it's that's an right. everyday choice of just god at the end of the day like i trust you like that's ultimately that's where my yes lies and i trust you no matter what happens, no matter what could happen, I could play that game all day. But it doesn't make it easy to say that yes. It doesn't make it easy to choose surrender. For as much as I lay those feelings down one day, the very next morning, they're back and in my brain. Or something happens, I get a phone call about, you know, well, this is going on now. And so it's just this Mm -hmm. constant battle where, I mean, it's good. It's a daily struggle, but it does. It causes me to really stop and be like, okay, how much do I really mean it when I say that I'm trusting the Lord with all my heart and all my strength and all my soul and all my mind? Uh- Usually when, when you don't laugh, there's something that you're holding back. You, mm-hmm. you, you're saying that this part of life is so bad, I can't laugh. And sometimes that's the truth, but laughter does help you get through it. And you know, we all know life can be tough and maybe you can't laugh about what you're going through, but find some place over here where you can laugh because it does take your mind off of the, off of the hard things, at least briefly and makes you feel better. And it makes it that much easier to do it the next time. Mm -hmm. And 
you just it's a it's a tool it's another medication that's totally natural and we can use it as often there's no uh, limit to how many times you can <laughs> use it per day and it and it lasts you it it just really gets you through life we're to love the lord our god with all our heart our soul and our mind and often we forget that uh that our mind is important to how we live our life and we could probably have our heart in the right place, but our mind is sometimes not in the right place. And like I said, like you and I are, are talking about the fact that what does the Bible say about our future? You know, uh, that the Lord has plans for us. And I need to keep my thoughts on that because otherwise I can get discouraged or I can be distracted or I can, uh, you know, have confusion. When people come to faith, they come to faith because it's really the sense of the Holy Spirit is prompting them to make a decision. What's happening with the um, patterns of evidence in archaeology, we're, we're helping them to be educated. And so as you're growing in your faith, you need to have uh, people that are actually growing are actually growing because they're thinking more deeply about things and they're not going to be knocked over as easily. You know, I had to run to Jesus. Don't walk, just run. And here I'm trying to do this ministry, launch this ministry. And, but God is so faithful, so faithful. And he sent me, you know, the grieving angels and guardian angels and um, just people to take this walk and be there for me. People from all over the world, Jesus is there for you in all times and how good and our father is and all the glory to God because the year that I had would have crushed anybody. It is because of the Holy Spirit, I was given strength mm. and able to move on in my day and mm. get that, you know, my strength comes from the Lord. As you and, and I know from scripture is, I mean, about every other page, there's some reference to God as the creator and, and or to his owning the things he created. So you've got, of course, Genesis 1-1, but then, I mean, even just when you may not be expecting it, like a, a random verse in, in, the, in the gospel or a random verse in, in a, an epistle or like uh, in Hebrews, it may be just a reference to the God who created the heavens and the earth or some, you know, phrase along those lines, just reiterating throughout God is the creator of the universe. He created everything. He, he created the expanse of the universe and the, the incredibly minute things that are, I mean, subatomic particles. God made all of that. So he is, of course, the creator. He created human beings as his image bearers. So that brings us mm -hmm. to mankind or humankind. What else do we see in scripture is uh, that God owns that which he has created. However, under common grace, God has uh, been gracious to us, both believers and unbelievers in common grace, where everybody who is a human being 
endowed as the image bearer of God is creative. There's some, there's a creative faculty that we each have, and it manifests itself some more in science and math, some more on fine arts uh, sides, some of us just kind of in writing, some of us other things. But, you know, everybody has some creativity, even if they don't recognize it. Uh, and then second is everybody inherently owns what they create. And I am delighted to say that here I sit before you, Victoria, 12 years later, 29 journals later, wow. I'm still writing, dear God. I'm waking in the morning and seeking him. And my prayer that day was, God, let this feeling. We don't go by feelings. We go by truth. But I did ask him, would you let this feeling never leave me of desperation, mm -hmm. of hunger, of thirst, that if I don't have you, I have nothing. And if I don't give you my whole heart, I'm giving you nothing. Let this never leave me. And he has honored that prayer. Mm. Well, Kelly, I, you leave me speechless over and again. I knew there was a reason I should not wear mascara today. I knew it. Remember, the father said, I'm, you guys are not getting this in the old covenant. So I'm going to have to send, I'm sending my son. He's going to be the perfect model. He is going to be, uh, he's going to be the, the apex model of the character and the quality of life that I want you to live. And you'll be able to do it successfully because he is, it says to fix our eyes on Jesus, the perfecter. That's the Greek word pioneer. Uh, one of the Greek words for that. So it, it, he's the pioneer. He's cutting the way. If, if he were Lewis mm -hmm. and Clark, he was the, he was going to cut the way from the East coast to the West coast per se. And once he did that, you know, you can go, hey, you know what? I, I absolutely, the scriptures say, I cannot do anything without him, that I can do nothing on my own of any value kingdom-wise. And so what are the qualities of the life of Jesus that we can truly go to God, the Father, through the Holy Spirit, and just say, Lord, we know we can't do this on our own. We, we realize that from the beginning. But we genuinely desire to be great examples of your son, the best we can be, because I think if we can shed ourselves of religious form and mechanisms and truly embrace this beautiful, wonderful, living relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a world, we definitely have a culture within the United States mm -hmm. that is hungry for authenticity. And, and we serve, again, the, the one authentic being that exists, and that is Jesus Christ. Talk a little bit about the marriage aspect of all of this. Well, <laughs> that, that's a loaded question in it. it uh, is. I always say God, God has a sense of humor because he wants uh, men and women to live together, right? <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that your mate, what I've learned is your soulmate. It may not be what you pictured it to be. I know for me, I am remarried now and he's short and hairy and that is not what I, <laughs> at all. 
but I feel more loved, cherished, and valued by him than I ever had in my whole entire life. And that's how God wants us to feel. Women, I mean, he wants us to be cherished. He wants us to be loved and valued. And I encourage everyone listening to embrace that and, and strive for that and know that they are worthy enough to feel that. Uh, for me, a long time, I did not. I did. I was so lonely and I just didn't think I was, I thought I was being ungrateful. You know, I had a beautiful house, business, mm -hmm. successful business, kids, you know, has all, but I, I thought, well, I'm ungrateful if I'm not happy, but I wasn't happy. And uh, I think you, know, you should always try to work things out. And if it doesn't work out, you know, why is that? What, what part have you contributed? But what part maybe are you in a not so good relationship? And I was people like, say, you, you need to get out of a relationship that's not healthy. But until someone values themselves and learns to love themselves, which is valued like Christ values us, which Christ died on the cross for us, a brutal death for us, for me, for you. I mean, you just think about that. We take it for granted and we think, oh yeah, we know that. But he did that for me. I mean, why? There's no reason for it, but he did it because he loves us, period. And so learn to value yourself, see yourself through God's eyes, you know, not put yourself on a pedestal, but mm -hmm. through God's eyes. And then you'll be in that, learn to be in the healthy relationship and be the healthy person you need to be where you're feeling valued and loved and cherished. Something you said in one of your last podcasts really touched me because um, I have a phobia of public speaking. So this is huge outside the box for me. Mm -hmm. But as you were talking about doing things afraid and you brought up Colossians 3.23 um, about doing everything to the Lord, you said God is your audience. And so I just stopped right there and I thought, you know what? I can do this because... I talk to God every day and God is my audience. So right. um, that was my takeaway. And I just hope that that might help someone else. Somehow you have the courage and the boldness to keep going. What is that made of? Moxie. I say faith <laughs> and moxie. And so my second book of, of how to start your own nonprofit is purpose, passion, and moxie. Because yes. first you have to have faith. And we learn that how faith is a pillar of whatever we we need to do. We have to rely on faith. We have to believe that God gave us a purpose and that mm -hmm. this is it. And we have to take chances and believe that there's, you know, the safety net of at least faith. You know, I mean, I fell through that safety net a bunch of times. You know, I made lots of mistakes financially and otherwise, but I had the faith to figure it out and try to fix it along the way. And, you know, it just, you just have to have that perseverance, that moxie and that faith. If you just take playing baseball and put it aside, what are, what would you say is your greatest victory in life? If I just put all that to the side, probably my biggest victory in my life would be uh, after that, spending time with my father and mm. uh, spending the time that we had together, we spent time in the word. That, that was our that was our victory together because he taught me a lot biblically. And uh, those standards are pretty much where I live by today as well. And mm. so, oh, I love that answer, partly because 
I remember thinking as I was watching the screener, this young man, you, you not only memorized the word, but you understood it. And after that, you were able to apply it in your life. A lot of people read the word. They may even memorize and understand it, but they don't often connect the word to the practical living and, and life itself. But as a young child, you seem to grasp the understanding and the application. It was really impressive. So I, I think the word is extremely important to you. Very much so. You know, I, I, um, I'm proud of that. I was from the age of five years old or six, I could say the books of the Bible forwards and backwards. And, and, you know, that's just from studying at the same time. Um, but very spending the most, the time that I had my father in, in the word and him teaching me mm. was the, that was the best that I had. I love that. I love that. And do you happen to have a favorite scripture or two, or even paraphrase that you would like to share with us? Well, probably the biggest one of all is, is we all know, which is Philippians 413, mm. because that's the story of my life because uh, I felt like I could do anything and I could only feel like I could do that for one reason and that reason alone. And so it has to be Philippians 4.13. That I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's right. Yeah. Sanctification is the that progressive sanctification. Once you become a believer and you're adopted into the, into the family of God and God becomes your father through adoption by the spirit indwelling you at the point of salvation, we're still in a body of dead flesh. And, you know, and, and Paul even talks about that in Romans 7, you know, that, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? You know, that what I, which, which I will to do, I'm not doing and that, which I, I'm doing that, which I hate. Um, it's because we're in that war. We're in the spiritual warfare of flesh and spirit. But it says at the end of, oh, at the end of Romans 8, that, that the spirit as it dwells within us, is able to give life to our members and that is a picture of sanctification because yes we are we are justified at the point of our at the point of our salvation as in Christ declares us righteous because the righteousness of Christ covers us and it's his finished work in our place that Christ, that that the father looks at when he sees mm -hmm. us but we're still in fallen bodies and we're still in a fallen world and through the daily renewing of our mind, choosing to think inspirationally, as your as your uh, as your podcast is called, right? The renewing of our mind, we're able to day by day, moment by moment, uh, uh, obey, and the Lord that sanctify that holyfying us is making us more into the image of Christ up until the point of our death, and at our death, we're glorified. We're made like him, you know, in, in heaven, and we are completely sinless. We don't have our fallen nature anymore, and that's how we'll be for eternity. Um, but but as long as we're in Christ, he has to, we have to deny ourselves daily, right? Take up our cross and and follow him. And and every day we, we don't want to deny ourselves. There's little pieces of our old nature that we would rather coddle and, and be like, well, this is something I want to entertain for the day. But the Lord 
that's the that's the disciplining that's the pruning that's the cutting away that that that's the cutting away pieces of you so that you bear more fruit that's the refining fire that burns away the dross so you shine with more of his brilliance i'm with you i love what you said because you said the more I'm speaking this, the, the more I'm trying to prove myself right. And I don't want to prove myself right. And, and that's cool. You, you, you know, venting is fine. Uh, take it out. You can even vent at God and go, I'm angry with you. Well, he already knows it. Don't try to hide it. Go, oh, I praise you, Lord, but I'm really angry with you. <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, he, he's, he knows everything, right? In John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, he, he went to the Mount of Olives. Let me ask our audience this. And this is not a, a question of condemnation or whatever. This is a question of let the word of God help you and me. When is the last time you went to your Mount of Olives? When is the last time you spent time with the Papa, your heavenly father? You're like, well, he doesn't talk to me. My, my girlfriend or my boyfriend or my spouse talks to me. God's not talking to me. This is right here right here he's talking to us he's whispering he's telling you he loves you this is all about love and it's not about condemnation god did not send his son to condemn us god sent his son to love us and to free us and to give us salvation and so we know that part and we're like okay that's it no that's not it i think people don't understand that i i think people are like well i came to christ i brought my i i got my lottery ticket and i'm good okay if i die i'm i ain't going to hell i'm going to heaven Bye-bye. That's the end of the story. No, that's not the end of the story. Uh, the mind is renewed. You know, he takes oppression out. Jesus go, mm -hmm. went about in Acts chapter 10, 38, and, and he took away every demonic force that was uh, plaguing people's mind. If your mind is plagued, this book is going gonna, is gonna to renew your mind. Yes. So it comes back, all the words, all our attitudes, all our emotions actually comes back to the heart. And the way the heart changes is through the word of God. Mm. And it's, I know it sounds simple, but like you said, Victoria, it takes discipline. But this discipline, baby, this is worth it. Mm.